0: down to The Last Comic Shop in 5, four, three, 2, one. Hey, hey! It is now time
1: for The Last Comic Shop!
2: That's right, we're opening the shop to newbies to help them find their way underneath the comic book tent.
1: And sometimes we close the door and lock it behind us. We don't let you guys in after talking about all this fried chicken with those greasy little chicken fingers (laughs) until you go and wash your hands (laughs) savages that's right
0: on today's episode uh, it is time for our annual fourth of july and fried chicken spectacular yes every single year on the last comic shop around The great Independence Day of America, we salute not only the wonderful Captain America, but we also salute our love of fried chicken. Yes, I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott, as well as my brother, the wonderful Ethan Larson, for this year's event. And boy, Ethan, we've got something (laughs) special for all those
3: fans, right? Oh yeah, man. So like we're going to read later today, the United Captain Americas, we are doing our United Chicken Shop Bracket Challenge, and I dub it, give me some reverb here, Andy, Last Chicken Shop. We took 16 chicken franchises, and we took them and we put them in a bracket. We debated about them and we talked about what bodily functions these chicken places all do to us and various <laughs> and, and, and we're gonna rank them, right? We're gonna yes, rank them. We're gonna it's we're gonna like, battle it out and get to the final four, which will let you, the valued listener, decide, like a pure American, you're gonna vote on which one of these last final four chicken shops are indeed the last chicken shop. So Andy, I want you to do me one favor you gotta ring that bell homie we are ringing
0: that bell and we are starting this tournament now again you know if you watch the final four and the march madness and all that other stuff it's very similar but with chicken with chicken that's right so but we got our number ones we got our number twos all the way through eights and so we're gonna get them head to head we're gonna start off with chick-fil-a coming in at number two versus number seven roy rogers so guys what do we say? Is, is Chick-fil-A sandwich the king? Or is Roy coming in with his guns ablazing?
3: Uh, Roy Rogers is trash, bro. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. The, the fries smell like feet. <laughs> the chicken's nasty. And then the, the best experience that I ever had was on the, the turnpike. Because the only place that I swear you can find a Roy Rogers is yeah. on the Pennsylvania turnpike. You know, made the mistake of getting the salad, the uh, Roy Rogers. <laughs> oh. And I asked them what kind of dressing they had. And the woman looked at me in the face and he said, well, you know, Roy prefers ranch. <laughs> <laughs> and understand, Ethan, there are no good choices at the Roy Rogers. But there are worse choices, and I think you went with the <laughs> yeah. worst possible yeah, choice. Absolutely. I straight up will give you $100 if you can name one side at Roy Rogers.
2: Disappointment. Oh, like cornbread? <laughs> They've got to have cornbread. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to go with a, a, a Rogers chicken joint, I say you go with Kenny Rogers.
3: Yeah. What if all those other like Peruvian chicken joints? Like I can't include Nando, I can't include...
2: Uh, oh, right, like, wait, the, Piri, the Piri Piri chicken. chicken. Yeah. There was an El Pollo Loco that opened in Shanghai a great fanfare. We all went down <laughs> for lunch one day because it was open like right around the corner from our office, and they were giving yeah. out all this free El Pollo Chicken. It was the first and last time I ever had El Pollo Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So this
1: one's Chick-fil-A. Let's
0: move yeah.
2: on. Yeah.
1: Chick-fil-A. Let's <laughs> move on. So we got on the other side. We've got number
0: two Bojangles going against an underdog. Maybe not a lot of people have heard of
3: it. T.K.K. Fried Chicken is a Taiwanese chain of fried chicken restaurants. <laughs> J.A., have you had TKK before?
2: I have not had TKK. Okay. They, they they might have been scared away by the El Pollo Chicken. <laughs> <at the market. laughs> so.
3: I've heard it was good. They do have one in Baltimore. Well, i well, short, so sure, though,
0: they're not moving past Bojangles, right? Because they've nah. like, actually we've heard of Bojangles. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs>
1: TKK gets the
0: TKO. (laughs) Move on. Yeah, I mean, I I think that was a perfect place to substitute Chad's choice of grocery store chicken.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can laugh, but we've all been there. When you're at the grocery store, like, what am I going to get for dinner? And you're like. Screw this! I'm not cooking dinner. We're getting chicken.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You got to do it on cheap chicken Monday too at Safeway. They have cheap chicken Monday. (laughs) I one time put it on our calendar at home, and my wife looked at her calendar and was like, "Did you really put cheap chicken Monday?" (laughs) We've got a number
0: three Church's chicken with that bold Texas flavor versus. Royal Farms, which is the first of the gas station chickens, <laughs> making an appearance. Oh, yes. it's yeah. which
3: end do you want it to come out of at that point. <laughs> that's, a, that's definitely like the spread offense right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think this is due for an upset because I... Royal Farms is delicious chicken.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I think this is a trap game. It's definitely Royal Farms has taken it in an uh, in overtime upset.
3: Yeah, I, well, I, I would be thrown out of Maryland if I did not vote for Royal Farms.
1: Yeah, I'm still going to protest this one a little bit because I've had Royal Farms a time or two. Never, never a positive thing. <laughs> it's your traveling down the road. You come to the crossroads and there's the Royal Farms there. And you, you hear the music playing. It's like, oh, this is a bad choice. But you make it anyway.
0: <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Royal exactly. Farms is moving on. Bad choice or not. Let's go over to the other side. Coming in at number three is a JA special. If you go back to last year's Captain America Fried Chicken episode, you can hear all about Jolly Bees, where you can get fried chicken and spaghetti in a sweet sauce with cut-up hot dogs. Still the best side <laughs> I've ever heard of. But it's going head-to-head head with crispy, crunchy chicken. Is this even a place? How is this coming in at six? Crispy,
3: crunchy ch- I think Chris- we just made up crispy, crunchy chicken. <laughs> <laughs> they have 2600 locations their Twitter is fire and you see that at BP every once in a while their logo is like a little sack and it's got like the crooked letters and <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have a
2: dancing bee right
0: J.A.? Right. Um, doesn't, for- doesn't have doesn't have
2: the best mascot in all of food even got a shout out from John Oliver on uh, last yeah, week tonight absolutely. Jolly Bee takes it'm
0: oh, <laughs> <I'm laughs> looking for Forward to that showdown between Chick Fil A and Jolly Bee, but let's go up to the top and let's get to the ones that everybody knows. We're going to go ahead and start off with the four-five matchup of BWWs—that's Buffalo Wild Wings versus Raisin Cane, which I think is only in Ohio.
1: Mm. Evidently, they
0: have chicken fingers.
3: Yeah, they're they're the fastest-growing chicken chain in the United States, even faster. Yeah, wow! but they're in Ohio, so <laughs> I think Buffalo <laughs>
2: Wild Wings. We can get Buffalo Wild Wings in the Philippines.
3: Yeah, they only have tenders
2: at Raising Cane's.
3: So however you feel about tenders, I feel like it's fake chicken.
1: I was going to say, but Buffalo Wild Wings does have those boneless chicken wings, which just scare me. Just call them nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> not a chicken wing. It's a nugget. <laughs> Real quickly, what's the hottest sauce you've ever had at a BWW? Oh, I don't know the names of it, but I remember in my college days, we went for like an all you can eat chicken wing thing and... They had the one sauce that would make my lips purple and all <laughs> Made me wish death. So that. Uh, it's always the weird peppers you've never heard of. that people just, they they grow them for the sole purpose of destroying humanity. So on the other side of that, we got the four or five of Wingstop versus Zagby's. You know what Wingstop is. That's the Pizza Hut wings of <laughs> sadness.
3: <laughs> Their only good wings are lemon pepper, so... They're trash. So Zog <laughs> yeah. Beast wins by default. Exactly. Yeah. Have, you,
1: have you guys ever had Zogbees? It's not bad. Then it's better than Wingstop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> and finally, we get to the top. Uh, and obviously, on the one side, you've got the Colonel, KFC. That's the number one. They're coming in as Duke. But it's going up against Bon Chon which looks delicious on their website it's like this double fried
2: no it's uh, horrible pizza. it's straight up <laughs> trash it's it's like uh, they it's a really crispy skin that has zero flavor. Oh. <laughs> Purpose of yes, eating they haven't hygiene. they didn't, they haven't flavored the chicken before they fry it. I, they maybe they they flavor the oil. I don't know. It's bad. And All you know
1: right. the I- Colonel has at least nine or ten other items in his <laughs> recipe. Yeah, he's went to a spice store before. He's bought
0: his some herbs or spices. Yeah. But the, the other side, we've got Popeyes versus Lee's Famous. Can we substitute grocery store chicken for here?
1: <laughs>
3: Least famous was was by Colonel Sanders, like, uncle or oh, no. a relative of Colonel Sanders of some sort. And then he he stole the recipe and started his own chain.
1: That's so Uncle Sanders. Didn't even serve
0: his country. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just wanted something to go against Popeye's with a chain. Not even gonna win, but, like, Popeye's grocery store chicken, maybe. No,
1: this or, is like... I don't know. If we were doing grocery store rotisserie chickens, I'd have to think about it.
3: Okay. This matchup is when like Kansas rolls up on St. Mary's and just, just just ninety like thirty two. It, <laughs> it's over by by ten minutes into the first half. It's All incredible. right. So moving on now. Now we get
0: into the real meat of this. Uh, so we're gonna start off at the bottom. We got Chick Fil A versus Jolly Bee. Oh boy! Oh, oh knives are boy. out right now. It is it is a sandwich with a tasty pickle. And if you've ever been in the States and seen a drive through line for a Chick-fil-A, my God, like you'll spend 45 minutes in line for that Chick-fil-A sandwich with a pickle. No, so that's
1: my vote. No, you will not, sir. You will not spend 45 minutes in line because much like Henry Ford innovated our country by inventing the assembly line, Chick-fil-A has innovated the fast food drive through line. They've got people out there taking (laughs) your order four cars ahead. They've got a little lady who lives in a hut. They say, that'll be my pleasure for everything. Chick-fil-A knows how to get it done. That line might be 600 cars long. It's going to be 10 minutes. You're in, you're out. You got your chicken sandwich. It's delicious.
2: Wow. (laughs) All I have to say is... Does the Chick Fil A mascot can it do the whip? Because the Jolly B can do the whip and the nay
1: I was gonna say that cow does the nay-nay.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm with Jaw. I uh, I go with Jolly B. Just I think Chick Fil A's overrated. Okay, uh, uh, Chad, oh. are you standing tall with me on Chick Fil A or? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like, listen, not a fan of the people that run it, but uh, they have the best chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, they do. It's they, it's they, the bottom they, line. They, they,
0: Uh, Let's flip a coin. We'll flip a coin right here. You can call it in the air.
1: Heads. It is heads. Jolly B is moving on to the finals. The Chick-fil-A cow was allergic to bee stings, apparently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got Royal Farms versus Bojangles. I got a
3: Cinderella story with Royal Farms. Uh, I do love Bojangles. It's, it's tough. Like, if you're going to keep Popeyes in, you got to keep at least a dark horse. We got to have Royal Farms.
2: Yeah, I like oh, Royal was, Farms.
3: Listen, much like
1: after I've had Royal Farms, I'm sitting this one out, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right,
1: so Royal, and Royal Farms is on. It. All right, and now
0: to the top. We got KFC versus BWW.
1: I mean, KFC is rolling, right? Oh, what I'm going with, and this may shock you. Is VWW. I believe. The chicken wing. And all the chicken wing technology we have out there. In terms of the spices that could be offered. You want a little Asian zing. You want a little ghost pepper. You want just regular mild buffalo or whatever. There's so many options out there. And if I have to choose between a bucket of fried chicken. And an order of chicken wings. Prepared with the sauce of my choice. I'm going chicken wings every time, even if it's
3: BWWs. Wow. It's really tough, man. I can't go against the Colonel. It's not in my DNA. I'm I, sorry. I love the Colonel, but would you,
1: honestly, if you had a, a plate of wings and a plate of KFC chicken yeah, I think for the I,
2: KFC? I would go with the wings. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. You, if we're talking true head-to-head. Like, here's a bucket of chicken. Here's a plate of <sighs> buffalo wild wings. You're all,
0: uh, all
3: deserting him. The
2: kernel's uh, on
0: the fort.
3: But I we think, K- I, I think like K- rats. KFC has the secret weapon. You give me that side of gravy. I'm eating all. Oh. Of, I'm eating everything. I'm dipping my chicken in the gravy. I'm drinking the gravy. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm, di- I'm doing shots of gravy with my neighbor. We're getting
1: in this. Any side of BW3s is better than the garbage can sides of KFC outside <laughs> of the biscuits.
0: I'll give uh, you the biscuits. Down to you, Ethan. <sighs> you going to give me Popeyes, right? I think Popeyes is rolling on Zagby. So. All right, yeah, give me,
2: give me B-Dub.
0: BWW is moving on that's to the finals. That's a
2: course, big
3: upset. That's a huge upset.
2: KFC coming off like Gonzaga, you know, always high up there in the rankings and, and just losing early and busting everyone's bracket.
3: The biggest problem they've had lately is just quality control. Like, I literally, like, I got wings from KFC and I've been into the shit. I had a bucket of KFC original
0: recipe and like the skin was just falling off in the bucket like it wasn't even
3: like it wasn't that. even on right i was just like what is this like a wet napkin like this is uh-uh. I mean, B Dub, they train those fifteen-year-olds right to get those <laughs> <laughs> Their quality control is on point, man. You can't get a you can't get a twenty-four-ounce beer at KFC. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Nobody has is that. There any, Nobody is there any? Is
0: anything that. else other than Popeyes versus Zagbees? Come on now, it's going to be Popeyes every time. Yeah. Their chicken sandwich does rival Chick-fil-A's. If I want a spicy chicken sandwich, I'm going to them. I'm not going to Chick-fil-A
3: for that. I'm, pa- I'm going I mean, Popeye's their... has everything. Popeye's has the, the best chicken sandwich. They got the best chicken. They got the best sides. They also got the best cardiac team in the country because <laughs> you're going gonna to need it after eating anything from
1: Popeye's. And listen, the last time I went through a Popeye's drive-thru, they had beignets.
3: What the mm. f*** is Popeye doing with beignets? <laughs> <laughs> that's like giving Russian nukes like <laughs> Why does' give us powdered donuts while you're at it? <laughs> Just add on top of your
0: misery. All right. So those are our final four. We've got Jolly B, B W W, BWW, Popeyes, and Royal Farms coming in as our, our dark horse. Hopefully, you'll get out to our Twitter this Wednesday. Uh, we'll have these four out there. Make sure that you vote. Do your patriotic duty this Independence Day and vote for what your favorite fried chicken is. Uh, we'll be right back after these uh, commercial breaks with actual comic book talk. We're going to be reviewing the United States of Captain America. Stay
3: tuned. <laughs> Ethan, <laughs> uh, do you guys
1: have Big Shot Bobs?
3: Not that I know. We have hip hop, fish, and chicken. <laughs> he wants to get you some lake trout. <laughs> That's what I'm
2: talking about. That's <laughs> <Let's> good <get
3: eaten. laughs>
2: We all say how busy we are. There aren't enough hours in a day. We just need a break from the constant madness that plagues our lives. I've got great news for you. This is Micro Break, a podcast for humans with the attention span of a goldfish, where I share my thoughts, wisdom, and humor on a wide range of topics, including the 80s, 90s, current affairs, and more. Do you deserve a break today? Of course you do. Take a micro break from the madness with me. Coming to you live from whatever podcast you're currently listening to. It's your boy, Jay West,
1: with my co-host, Mac East, from the We Get Dub podcast. What up, nerds? It's me, Mac East, and we
0: got a badass anime podcast for you. We got hot sauce, we got hot takes, we got booze and banter.
1: And you can listen to us on all major platforms.
0: The We Get Dub podcast hits harder than a Goku
1: gut punch. Hey, everyone. I'm Nerd Bomber.
2: And I'm Tectic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast.
1: Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more.
2: Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures.
1: And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to the show.
0: All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop. It is now time for our Read Pile Review. Yes, that time of the show where we actually talk about comic books. Uh, We don't spend entire segments... Talking about food, that was some other show we used to. (laughs) (laughs) Now we actually talk about comic books, and that's what our fans expect. And we've got a a really great one. Every year, it's not only talking about fried chicken, it's talking about Captain America. I love talking about Captain America comic books, and there are really some great ones out there. So we're going to be reading a more recent one it started in 2021 wrapped up in 2022 it is the united states of captain america and at the time that it was released there was a lot of people that were pissed off evidently they claimed that captain america was getting too political which was kind of weird for a book that the first issue is captain america punching adolf hitler and we weren't even in world war ii at that time but regardless so I, i i felt like we should read it and so chad
1: why don't you tell us who
0: worked on this particular project?
1: Okay, so this United States of Captain America was a five-issue miniseries, and the primary story was done mainly by Chris Cantwell on writing duties and Dale Eaglesham doing the art, although in issue four you had Ron Lynn pitch in with Cam Smith and Scott Hanna on inks. Now, the first four of the five issues also had backup tales introducing various new captains america and so for the first one where you had our our hobo cap uh that one was written by josh trulio uh with art by jan bazuldua i apologize for that one the next one with our harrisburg cap was written by Hale mashigo with art by uh, natasha bustos from moon girl fame the next one the uh kickapoo captain america was written by darcy little badger with David Cutler and Roberto Poggi on art. And then the last one, with our college-aged cap was written by Alyssa Wong with Jody Nishima doing art duties there.
3: Yeah.
0: So, Ethan, our resident O'Tour, do you want to give us the 10-cent synopsis? Uh, Try to keep it at 10 cents.
3: Oh, God. Well, basically, there's a criminal organization run by Nazis. Everything with Captain America has to do with Nazis eventually. They even make a joke about it in the series, that everything goes back to Nazis. And basically, somebody steals Captain America's shield, and they want to make it into a sign of discontent and malicious intent and use it to hypnotize Americans into believing that Captain America is bad and America is bad and that eventually they want to resurrect the hate monger which is the resurrected essence of Adolf Hitler take over the United States to stop them Captain America recruits a bunch of other Captain Americas including Falcon Bucky, uh, U.S. agent, and then a various new breed of people that take up the Captain America mantle because they believe in what Captain America stands for.
0: Yes, a very grassroots kind of organization of folks with trash can lids. And,
2: right, and you know, get hobo cap and college cap and flojo cap. It is a nice cross-section of, uh, of America. The whole
0: story is about how, you know, the america's dream is for everyone and i think it's a good thing that chris cantwell is trying to write about in this particular uh book and he even starts off with that book and my initial thoughts is captain america's talking about you know i think it's a famous line from what is it born again i believe in the dream or something or i'm only loyal to the dream uh i think it's in the nuke issue in that he's just like look there's like two dreams and one of them is like not really a dream. The real dream is those folk that are working and, and fighting and, and and something that you got to hang on. And I just thought it was inspiring as he's washing his shield with with what Steve Rogers would wash it with baking soda and salt and hot water and vinegar. And I was just like, ah, he's like the greatest grandpa. <laughs>
1: That's it. I thought he was making a volcano.
0: <laughs> from there like you know you get these great interactions with all these different captain americas and one of the best ones is just the the the, the interaction he has with sam wilson <laughs> sam's from the beginning to the end right there alongside uh as the other captain america i just think their journey is wonderful for nothing else but i've said some stuff what do you think jay
2: yeah it's a fun story i thought that they tried to do too much in five issues i thought it probably could have been better served if it was six or even eight issues long the way they introduced some of the caps i thought it was suddenly like you know issue to issue we've got a new cap in every issue okay that that became a thing but then i think it was issue four where somebody somebody just shows up and she's there at the, jumping out the airplane and you're like where did she come from who is she like, <laughs> yeah a, the, really the fourth one the, the
3: fourth one was just brutal period like i i <laughs> I almost stopped reading it after the four, because I, I literally opened the page, and I was like, did I miss something? And I went back, and I looked at all three of these books, and I was like, who the hell is this character that they just introduced? Like, this Ariana, like, he, he came in with the, uh, yeah, the train she rider. just shows up. And then she was like one of the pinnacle Captain Americas, but she did like shit. <laughs> like yeah, she hangs out with Bucky like the whole time. Like she jumps out of an airplane
0: with Bucky like, and and, and I, I won't lie. That's like an awesome one pager where Bucky yeah. finally puts on his Captain America and he's like jumping out. The cavalry has arrived or whatever. And she's like jumping out behind him. And he, she looks all like sidekicky with her
1: shield and
3: stuff. And I'm like, the college girl like yeah, all she did was like set up a rich bro to get like <laughs> yeah it's like was and, that then, the and then captain america
2: like continuity issues too because in the first four issues cap steve rogers cap was going around in sort of the winter soldier garb i'll call it from the movie from the mcu and then in issue five suddenly which is they like takes place exactly after the I- end of issue four he's suddenly in his classic captain america outfit and i was like when did he go chain <laughs> well it's because he stole it off of speed demon because they
0: caught oh, right. speed demon it was he, he. he was the one that stole the shield he was hypnotized
2: or whatever garbage but, but, but- so where did speed demon's outfit did he have it on underneath yeah. the captain america outfit yeah, he, he ran back been- to
3: his house yeah. What you yeah. He should have been buck ass naked if they were <laughs> it right. Come on. If this All is a right.
1: Superior Foes of Spider Man book, he would have been. Yeah.
3: Well,
1: well, Chad. I mean, one of the questions
0: that I had for you is this book reminded me a lot of Grant Morrison's Batman Incorporated, where there's like the notion of there's more than one Batman, and Batman's actually a network of. Of different folks that are that are working towards the same goal. And and, and I, I, I guess you get kind of that same feeling here, right?
1: Yeah. And it's it's something where really I do agree with J.A. I feel like this could have worked as a longer series. And I think you alluded to it too with when they were traveling from place to place. I just feel like so many of these Captain Americas could have used more time to to breathe and flesh out their stories. And and I feel like the aim of this book is true anyone can be a superhero you know anyone could be a captain america anybody can embrace the dream and embrace those ideals and go out and do good things in the community and you know that's something that's to be praised that's something that you know we shall aspire to be better but i just felt like as we're going through this and the aim is true the execution because it's so rushed and muddled all right we need to check these boxes We need to make sure we hit this section of the the culture. And I don't want to sound like one of those go woke, go broke folks. That's not where I'm coming from. I just feel like this just felt like more of an assignment than it was a
2: story. Mm.
1: If you really cared about this thing and if you really wanted this to land, this would be an ongoing title unto itself for a a year or two or three. To give these characters room to actually be a thing that people care about. No, I agree
0: with that. I mean, I, I, I do think that it was rushed. I do think it was too short. I do think that they introduced Captains America, even like the older ones. U.S. Agent just shows up for like, I don't know, like two issues. And, you're just, and if you don't know who U.S. Agent is, it's like you don't get to spend very much time with any of these people, even with the backup story. Right. Like the Kickapoo, Captain America, he was really interesting. In how Captain America saved his life and inspired him. I think he has this great yeah. line in there where he says like, you don't have to be my hero. You doesn't have to inspire me to be a hero to others. And oh. I thought that was
1: really awesome. Like, Oh yeah. Gr- and how he's being Captain America by fixing refrigerators
2: and stuff. And that sounds like a joke, but no, that, that that's great. Uh, and that's one of the things I wish they had shown us more of. Like, they showed you kind of the origin story about uh, some of these Captains America, but they didn't show you them actually doing their Captains America stuff enough. Uh, the mm-hmm. Chickapoo Captain America was a perfect example of—they show how why he got inspired and how Captain America saved him, but you don't actually see him doing enough of the stuff in his community to make it better. Right. I,
3: I think that the first three Captain Americas that they introduced were very well developed captain america's they had very good backstories they had very good reasons for what they were doing and my biggest problem with this whole series was issue four i think that the the fifth captain america was just the most basic white bread Oh, the military captain yeah if you were going to replace captain america with a present day captain america
2: that would be this dude and then in issue five, at the end, they had, like, some Captains America show up that they didn't need to introduce. Like, the, there's a guy right. there with a football helmet. Yeah. They're like, who's that guy?
1: There's a guy and, with a briefcase? I wanted his story.
2: Yes, the, like, the lawyer yeah. Captain America.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, Super Pro Captain America is hanging out there in that double-page spread. But, no, my big thing is, too, when this came out and there was all the controversy and people were like, Captain America shouldn't be political dude captain america has always been political that's ingrained in what captain america is but you almost do those folks a favor by rushing this story and making it so that like you're just checking boxes like oh well it's we need to make sure we have a native american captain america we need to make sure we have somebody to represent uh you know the intention is true but by doing it so quickly boy does it cheapen it you know and i know this is just come out within the last year but have any of these characters shown up anywhere else other than just quick story that it's like yeah this does seem exploitative almost
3: Yeah, like I, I, I highly know. doubt it I think they're just going to go back to the white guys at the end of the day like three fourths of the Captain Americas that actually people mattered about were white like Captain America, Bucky and uh, US Agent all white guys like and then the only you know person of you know, minority was Falcon. And then you had a bunch of jabroni Captain Americas that nobody's going to care about. Mm. even
2: it, it won't get written about, I think.
3: Right. More right. to the point. You get yeah. lost in the shuffle. And is it better
1: to have representation, but in a cheap way? To have the Dollar General representation? Or to not have representation? And I, I, I don't know. As somebody who... These are bigger issues that I'm probably... Able to clearly express, but like, I, I wonder which is better. Like, and you'd see in the letter columns, people championing, like there are people like, yeah, I, I was homeless and like people forget about you. And that's absolutely true. And like, yeah. I'm glad those people had for a moment, someone to connect with. And I've seen the value of that. I've seen how important that is for people. And I just, in my head, I, I struggled to wrap my head around. it I was like, does this do more? Benefit by giving like a brief glimpse of representation, or does it do more harm by almost saying like, yeah, 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 we gave you a Captain America. Remember, you got the one from Milwaukee, dressed like a sausage.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll say this: I'm glad that they told their story, but I don't see any of them as credible threats to a even very very low level supervillain within the Marvel universe. And so with that in mind, like, I don't think they ever got the necessary credibility. The only one that I could actually see them doing anything with was, again, the white bread Captain America in the fifth issue, who could easily just take Steve Rogers' job at the end of the day. You
0: you don't think for a second that they wouldn't work with College girl, Captain America. Well, Come on, her they her want whatever. to float, float. They put her front and center. They teamed her with Bucky. They made her jump out of an airplane. She got like
3: the cute outfit. <laughs> That's like Spider Gwen. Yeah, but, but they, yeah, but they, they have to. Like, they have to draw her consistently, which is one of my biggest problems with <laughs> this entire book.
2: I think if if you want good representation in a comic and a story that actually lasts and the people are meaningful, you gotta go like look at. They did it best in New Mutants, in the original New Mutants, the first 50 issues. There you've got representation of people from different cultures, people uh, from different backgrounds, all living together, all dealing with things. And, you know, real characters, real people. Or
1: to use characters people care about, the uh, all-new X-Men.
3: So can I just go into the mechanics of this book a little bit? It's very hard to criticize art because art is very subjective, as we all know. I severely doubted editors' ability to put this book together because they didn't have a cohesive vision of what they actually wanted this comic book to look like. It got to the point where it was like, you know, Secret Empire was like this. And I critiqued that as well. I just don't understand why they can't put a consistent artist and consistent vision on these works. I don't know if they're trying to get a flavor that's different, but it's very distracting as a reader when every character looks differently in every single panel.
1: Well, I think the idea of having the backups with a totally different creative team while giving other people voices, I, I think that can be confusing for readers that aren't used to the the switching back and forth with comics. And so, whenever you have a totally different artistic style that might fit that character. And I definitely think some of the backup artists fit better than the main story for what they're trying to get across with these characters. It can be
3: jarring. What but even like, but even from issue to issue, it's a problem.
1: Well, I, I
0: kind of agree with, with Ethan a little bit. I like Dale Eaglesham's art traditionally, but there were some times in this particular book, I just, I don't know, there was just something about the way that he was drawing folks, like especially the faces. I was just like, ah. I don't I don't know. I don't know whether I like this or not. The action scenes were great um, and there were other times when it it worked well. But I thought that this wasn't his best work. That's just my personal opinion. Like I've seen better stuff from Dale and I I would have picked a different artist, honestly, for this work. I like the covers so much more. So this was a consistent artist. Yeah. For the first issues one, two, three and five, five, it was Dale Eagles. It did not seem like that in the least. Well, let's go ahead and get to our rating. And again, Jay Scott likes to give us a one out of four scale, and maybe it will deal with chickens. I don't know. Is it chickens? Is it Captain's America? What is it this week?
2: Well, uh, this story revolves around Captain America having his shield stolen, so we're going to go one out of four shields. Oh. Oh,
1: the okay. traditional shield, the energy shield, the garbage can shield. I like some of the alternate shields. I like Bucky's shield. It was all blue.
0: I must have missed that part. But in any case, one thing we're not going to miss is Chad Smith and his rating. How many shields are you giving it, buddy?
1: In the political climate that we live in, if you're going to kick the hornet's nest, you better be ready to bring something better than this. Mm. Uh, While I love the attempt, I love the idea, I think the execution just falls flat. And this is me from a, a position of privilege saying, no, if this is what you're bringing, that's not good enough. And so the Chris Cantwell story, like there's not a lot of nuance there and I get it. It's a, it's meant to be a fun little romp across the country and all oh, let's meet the captains and all oh, let's tell this story about young Steve needing to go to the bathroom. And Oh, that's the wrong place. Steve, that's a sacred ground. You know, and you give Sam a couple of moments, as Captain America to shine and you get the whole, but we're all Captain America trying to do what's right. It was just so cliched and, and lacking in nuance here. So you, you got to bring it better than this. And I, I do agree the Dale Eaglesham artwork was a, a letdown more often than not. I did like the backup story. So the backups I thought were fun. And I, you know, I can't think of one that I actively disliked. And so I'm going to say two out of four shields. All right. So let's go to Ethan. How many shields are you giving it, buddy?
3: Well, when I read wishes one through three, I was totally on four four shields. And then issue four happened. And I got introduced to this college girl that I never met before. The art changed on me. I was in a strange place. They started bringing in villains i would never heard of, like the the Z List. And what I really think that they missed out. If you're going to take all the United Captain Americas, you know who they should be uniting against? The evil Steve Rogers from Secret Empire, who's also a Captain America. Because why do you need a hate monger when you have Tucker Carlson? I think this was cheap in some ways. I think that we introduced a lot of diverse Captain Americas just to end with a white bread Captain America that could be, you know, Steve Rogers' stand-in. I think that was very, very anticlimactic. Like Chad said, if you're going to bring it, you got to bring it stronger than this, brother.
2: Two out of four. <phone rings>
3: wow. All
2: right, J.A., you're up next. Yeah, You think Ethan and Chad... I echo a lot of what they said. I, I'm also gonna give it two out of four. I thought it, it it they just seemed a bit rushed at the end. The setup was getting there, and then it could have gone six or seven issues. I just I wanted more development of these characters. It did kind of feel like it was a bit paint by numbers. Okay, let's check this box. We've covered hobos and we've covered. LGBTQ, but now we need to, let's cover uh, Black Lives Matter, let's cover Asians, let's co- it just felt like, like uh, it, it was a little bit too forced when it didn't need to be, because the, the characters that they did introduce, like the Harrisburg Captain America, worked well, but, you know, develop the characters more, Develop the, the Chickapoo Captain America a bit better, so it's it's a two for me.
0: I think I'm going to go a little bit higher than all three of you. I think I'm going to go a 2.5 on this. But I genuinely enjoyed the buddy stuff I was getting from Steve Rogers and, and Sam Wilson. I thought that was some good writing, honestly. When he was giving him crap about not you know, keeping phone numbers in his phone and he uses it to just call people and... You know, it was was a nice back and forth. So, like, for those folks that like that stuff from the MCU, you know, on your left and things like that, it was great. It was what you kind of wanted. And eventually when Bucky showed up, it was like they were getting the band back together. And, um, you know, it was nice to see that Captain America has friends. And not only that, but he inspires people to be the best that they can be. And so, like, uh, all the other Captains America that they introduced – they were neat characters. The problem with it is the MacGuffin that sets up the whole story of speed demon, stealing the shield and all this other stuff. You couldn't use that MacGuffin to, um, actually have a series that would last more than like four issues. What is that? Like, he stole the shield and he was running across America. Yippee. Eventually he's going to catch up. And, and then they have to bring in, like, the hate monitor stuff and then,
2: like, whatever. And But to that point, though, so they, that MacGuffin and the whole thing is they're going around trying to kill these Captains America. But Captain America doesn't know there's a network of Captains America. So if Captain America doesn't know there's a network of Captains America, how was them killing these Captains America going to affect anybody? That's true. That's true, and, and you didn't wow. see how great like, point. the the communities
0: turned on these cap. I mean, you kind of sort of saw it with like the Harrisburg cap a little bit, but they didn't really go into anybody else. Did the community turn up against the Kickapoo Captain America? Like, I did they start bringing back the refrigerators? Like, I, I, I what I'm saying is like there were some holes in the plot. I like the notion of there being a network of Captain's America. And I would have loved it the story was about Captain America just organically finding out that there's a network of people that are trying to support the American dream and and are there for their communities and that you'd have a series in which he got to meet these people. That was the most interesting thing about this series. It wasn't about them punching supervillains. It was about meeting the other captains America. And Steve Rogers understanding that he didn't have to carry this
2: weight on his shoulders alone. You just reminded me of that panel from the Captain America story we read last year for the 4th of July. Uh, and basically, it's the whole, you know, uh, you stand up and you defend the people who can't defend themselves. That's what being Captain America is, is standing up for the people that can't stand up for themselves or something. Yeah. It was done so much better.
1: Boy, if this was the subplot to like a, in a 25 issue run where every so often you're going to a different place to do captain America action. You know, with cap teaming up with the other Marvel known captains America and he gets two issues with Bucky and he gets, you know, a three issue arc with the U S agent. And then along the way they're finding these captain Americas and giving that story chance to grow and chance to breathe. It could be great. And I, I, I do, I feel so guilty being like, nah, this isn't good enough, but that's only because, it is a good idea. Just, oh, yeah, it's not it's, good enough.
3: Right. Ah! But again, all these Captain Americas are throwaway people at the end of the day. They're not going to do a thing with them. Like, this was, I don't want to say a waste of time because it's an interesting concept, but it kind of was a waste of time. I would
1: say it's contingent, I guess, on what happens next. I love some of the character designs. There's good stuff in here. If they can squeeze the juice and turn this into something else this it could turn out to be you know a retroactive really great series so there's still hope well we gotta really quickly get to recommendations
0: for this week's show other comic books that you should check out at your local comic book shop in addition to the United States of Captain America if you wish so yeah I will start off with my recommendation it's really awesome great summertime reading if you can find it at a local comic book shop because again it's it's kind of out of print Marvel and DC they don't play nice anymore well the parent companies don't play nice anymore but it was one of those crossovers from the 90s that golden age where they were playing nice and you got a lot of stuff like Batman and Captain America done by the legendary john Byrne. now this is a golden age tale so you get the golden age version of captain america and bucky you get the golden age version of batman and uh, robin and basically they're trying to stop the joker who's initially working for red skull in order to steal an atom bomb and then later even the joker says nah i ain't working for any nazi stooge and helps Batman, I guess. It's wonderful. Just easy reading with a lot of like golden age. Good guys are good guys. Bad guys are bad guys. And plus, not only do you get the great John Byrne art, but because of Roger Stern, you get a bonus at the end in which you get to see what would happen if this universe continued and that captain America goes in the ice in that universe and who finds them, but Dick Grayson who has now taken over the mantle of Batman and he's joined by a Robin who is Bruce Wayne jr. And kind of an epilogue. It's really great. It came out in 1996. You can probably find it at a local comic book shop. If you're looking hard enough, it's Batman captain America by John Byrne. Check
1: it out, Chad. Okay. So I- I'm going to stick with something that, deals more with recent affairs i don't know if you find folks have gone out and listened to our dr strange show my recommendation i'm gonna get you guys geared up for stuff you need to know because you saw that dr strange movie a few months back you know how the big thing they're setting up is the secret war if you know what an incursion is you know where it's going and if you don't you should start with a book drawn sometimes by today's artist Dale Eaglesham, it is the Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman. Now, it's a Crib of J. A. style. There's a recent omnibus release, Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume One, that contains all the FF stuff from 570 to 588, and then uh, a couple other different mini series. They do that awesome redesign of the Fantastic Four costumes with the short sleeves. Oh yeah, I like that. But it is the start of what becomes Hickman's Secret Wars epic that ends up wrapping around the FF book, which is the Future Foundation, and then it pulls into the Avengers and New Avengers and all that stuff. So honestly, you're going to have a lot to read about this stuff, so you might as well start now. You can either go with the Omnibus, or if you want it in smaller chunks, you can still find The Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman. Broken up into different volumes, and the uh, D.L. Gulshamart in there—it it, it is a lot better. It's why the the bar was raised so high for the Captain America story. But yeah, Fantastic Four, start now because you want to know about those incursions. You've got about six hundred other comics to read along the way. Right, but they're, but they're good. So yeah,
0: like, I, I think in that in that book you get you know the introduction of the Council of Infinite Reads. I mean, again, it was kind of like the Council of Kangs or whatever, but it was still such a great idea. And so many people have stolen that now, like, you know, know, Rick and Morty and all this other stuff. Anytime you have, you know, mad scientists that has alternate universes, it's the Council of Infinite Reads. That's where it comes from.
1: And you get the Death of Johnny Storm, all kinds of really great stuff. Really bringing the heat back to the Fantastic Four, Ah. which is something you're going to see in the MCU the next couple of years. So pick it up.
2: All right, Jay, what's your pick? All right, so when I think of summer and and uh, holiday season, I think back to like you know the 1990s when you go to you could go to drive-in movie theaters and you actually still had some playing with 3D. So this is back, you know, we're not talking like the 3D of Avatar. I'm talking like old school 3D, blue and and red glasses and all this stuff. And in the 90s, Valiant came out with this new 3D. Printing technology that they could do on full-color comic books called Valiant Vision, and 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 they had it like you could get. I think there were like five Solar Man of the Atom issues that they did in Valiant Vision, and maybe like an one one Exo Man or whatnot. But they even had a Valiant Vision starter kit. gave you a poster, gave you the glasses, gave you like an eight-page story. I'm sure that these things have zero value now. So if you can find them in the buck bin. I highly recommend it. Obviously you can get the issues and you can read them without the, the glasses if you want but if you can find a pair of valiant vision 3d glasses, you owe yourself to try to, to pick them up and get one of these issues just for the pure nostalgia and, and um, pure experience of it.
0: There you go.
1: All right Ethan,
0: you're gonna you're gonna round us out. What's your recommendation?
3: Look, why are you reading this? Go read Secret Empire. It's much better. And it has the villain that you were supposed to be promised at the end of this series with evil Captain America, who's a Nazi. It's great. It's the best summer blockbuster you will read this summer. But I am intrigued because I've been staring at this wall of Chad's for the last like hour. And I see Justice League. I see G.I. Joe. And I see this book called American Flag. It has this... Dude looks like Archer and has kind of like a tongue-in-cheek reference. I haven't read it yet, so
1: I can't tell you. (laughs) I honestly still have to read the chunk that I I wanted to read. That's why I have it nearby. So I'll have to read it and then report back to you, Ethan, on uh,
3: the full gist of American Flag. It looks like very tongue-in-cheek of what they're trying to achieve here. I dig it. I dig it, man. Well, we hope that you come back to
0: The Last Comic Shop next week for more of these recommendations, plus less chicken talk. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do that two weeks in a row, but I hope you do vote <laughs> on what you think the best chicken place out of our final four is going to be. Go out to our social media this week, especially our Twitter. Chad will talk about that in a second. And you can make sure that you can find that stuff by going out to our website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's a place where you can find all these kind of links. So not only the places where you can find our podcast every single week, where you can rate, review, and subscribe, we've got a link to YouTube so you can watch summertime movies of us, you know, talking with uh, independent comic creators at comic cons, and uh, we've got unboxings of action figures and toys and all kinds of great stuff. So make sure that you're checking us out and checking us out often. www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. Now, where can they find this
1: awesome chicken pull, Chad? They can find that on Twitter and our social medias.
3: We're at Last Comic Shop. If
1: you can't find us there, you can always go back www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com.
3: Hey, and look, all of our episodes are evergreen. Like you can go back and listen to last year's Fourth of July, where J. A. Scott uh, intols us with the virtues of Jollybee and why it's in our final four. We also read the Captain America run, Home of the Brain. Home of the, Home brain. Of the, brain, Home of the brain. With uh, Mark Wade writing and Chris on the art. You can listen to our review there. And if you like what we're doing, give us a five star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: And once you have found us and checked us out, you can check out your local comic shop, where you can find things like the United States of Captain America or Captain America: Home of the Brave, so you can catch up with last year's show. Maybe you want to dig through and find Valiant Vision. Ooh, that's ex- old issues of America Flag you can pluck out of the buck bins, most likely, or Batman, Captain America, which you'll probably have to pay more for, or that Jonathan Hickman Fantastic Four stuff, or any of the other great books that we recommended and talked about today. But go to your local comic shop where you can find those things.
2: Yep. Yeah. and when you're going, make sure you uh, wear a T-shirt. Check out our merch. We've got loads of stuff for the summer.
0: That's right. And we've got loads of podcasts still coming up for the summer. So make sure that you come back next week. Until then, I was those with most, Danny Larson. i joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and Ethan Larson. And we hope that you stay safe, stay patriotic, and remember, stay true to the dream. The dream. Of one day eating a lot
2: of fried chicken. Let me whip, whip, watch me nae nae.
0: The Last Comic Shop was a 2022 Black Angus
1: production.